Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another of Ghost Chronicles. Which one is this? Oh, International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper around the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable knowing one's own bat housing. And with me, all the way from Wales, is the host of the West Files, Mr. Stephen Parsons. Borida, ichi. Yeah, whatever. As well. So, tell us a little bit more about these West Files. Well, the West Files is, uh, we have a new uh, broadcast station here in uh, Pembrokeshire uh, called Pure West Radio. And uh, they approached me, they started broadcasting four weeks ago. They're internet only at the moment. They go FM and digital broadcasting, DAB, um, later in the year. Uh, But they approached me about doing a... Uh, regional paranormal show um, which is weekly, Mondays um, available on the internet um, called The West Files because yeah, it's, a, it's a regional paranormal show? Regional as in it focuses mainly on Pembrokeshire, West Wales and it does look further afield um, because we'd soon, I mean you know, Pembrokeshire isn't the world's largest county and we would soon run out of stories even though we've got many exactly uh, um, so we have to broaden it out in time. Uh, we, we're three show, four shows in at the moment, and we've looked so far. We've talked to the guides from the ghost guides who do the ghost walks of Carew Castle, and uh, last night we had the guide from Pembroke Castle, the Ghost Finder General, um, whom we'll be having on a upcoming edition of Ghost Chronicles International. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! He stole Richard Felix's title. Yeah, he's the Ghost Finder General. Yeah, that's what uh, uh, my co-host at the time, uh, Richard Phillips. Really? Yes. Cool. Well, there we go. Well, we we'll be getting um, for we'll years. Getting... <laughs> well, we'll be having Howard on the show uh, this show in a few weeks' time. Um, after a very interesting show last night on the West Files. Unfortunately, the podcast system is broken at the moment. Uh, there's a technical problem with the West Files podcast. Well, Pure West podcast. It's a software issue that, uh, with the broadcast host. And so the podcasts for uh, last week's are available, but this week's aren't available yet. Oh, well. Hey-ho. It'll, it'll go online. Welcome it'll be radio. Yeah, welcome to the... Well, it, it's, it's a lot harder than doing this show um, because... I'm the only one there. I mean, it's done from a studio, and I have... Um, you want some uh, cheese with that wine? <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's it's much more difficult because you have all of this sort of um, radio stuff to do. Um, we ha- we're fortunate we have Ben. Yeah. Um, many, many Bens. <laughs> Many bends um, who handle all of that weird techno witchcraft for us. Right. So, anyways, uh, talking about different subjects and getting uh, you know things on the air, and and as you know, on this show, I, I, we don't always talk about paranormal. We talk about other things as well. 
uh, intrigue people and things that are often misunderstood. Um, one of the things that's it's got more sh shrouded in mystery, I think, than perhaps anything, is the Masons. And I said, well, you know, that'd be a great show to talk to someone who really knows what the hell he's talking about. So I uh, was uh, able to pull in my influences uh, to ask a gentleman that I've known for many, many years now and uh, ask him on the show. And he actually knows a little bit about Masons, too. So what do let me introduce to you on this day the right worshipful Nicholas J. Mantello, Grand Lecturer. Hello, Thank you, Ryan. Good, I think we should address, good evening, sir. <laughs> good evening. Good evening, His Worship. You, you can call think... me, you call me Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Nick. Nick works for me, and I, and I knew you were uh, Nick before you were Worshipful, <laughs> I guess. So, yeah, well, it was a while ago, yes. So I've been looking forward to this show because I I've had an interest in Freemasonry um, for a number of years, and I've managed to find some old books on the subject. Um, oh my God! You can get for... anything and anything. No, 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 no. These are um, these these date from the eighteen eighties um, and uh, or handwritten. Mm, wow! That's, but that's but really I neat. but. Um, I the, my my knowledge of Freemasonry ends at my sort of uh, juvenile years because my father was a lodge master. Um, oh, so I used to I used to uh, dress up in his regalia sometimes and pinch his books. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's awesome! I'm surprised that you don't have a a much more uh, desire to to join the craft after your father being master but i know years ago um and it may still be that way in england um you have to ask to be a freemason um now in, in our grand lodge massachusetts grand lodge um you're allowed to ask someone if they they're interested or they they'd like to join but england may not be um england is the is the premier lodge um the grand lodge of scotland and the grand lodge of england are the that's where the first formation of freemasonry was and uh fortunately the first grand lodge here in the colonies maybe i should say <laughs> was was massachusetts um so we're third uh we don't want to say ranked i guess because uh uh but um we're the third uh oldest lodge mm -hmm. uh, I, grand lodge i i was fortunate uh, many years ago um to visit to spend some time at ross lynn um which is the whole of the home of the st Clair family who were the the highest of the scottish rite of freemasonry which is actually i think predominant over the english um branch of freemasonry um mm. and they have a lot of original uh Scottish Rite Freemasonry documents on display at the castle. So uh, what I want to do is actually, I want to actually talk, Nick, about some of yeah. the the uh, things that are, uh, you know, the clear things I guess we'd say. Now, yeah. is there a difference Masons and Freemasons? Uh, no. 
Um, it's just uh, what you refer to a bat. Well, you know what? I suppose um, operative masonry. Those are the guys who really do stonework. It's called operative masonry. And mm-hmm. speculative masonry are guys that um, uh, refer to the working tools of operative masonry as symbols and reminders of uh, how we should conduct our lives. Um, the square, um, you know, you've heard the expression, uh, you're getting a square deal. Um, well, you know, we say we meet on the square and, um, we should square our actions. Um, so we take the symbols of the operative Mason and use them in speculative. And, uh, we, we call ourselves Freemasons. It's, uh, and, uh, there, that's about the only difference in Masons and Freemasons. Mm-hmm. Now, the you know, we hear so many different things. You know that first thing I guess I, I should ask you too is: Are the Masons founded by the Knights Templar? <laughs> That's up in the air. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of programs, and you can go online and you can find all kinds of references <laughs> to, you know, the, on the you know United States dollar bill references. Uh, um, you, you know, it could be, it could be, um, the trail of the Knights Templars is very vague. Um, you know, they were, uh, the, the garters, you know, they, they had a place at King Solomon's temple and they were said to have found the, um, the Holy Grail and, and, and brought it to England. And there's a lot of mystique to it, but there, there's no solid. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I wish there was, and I wish we could claim claim uh, uh, I know. to it. Yeah, they, it they seem like they seem such like a cool group, you know. I mean, like you know, the uh, Knights Templar is like that I would like to own up to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my oh. descendants were Knights Templars. Well, they're the original. <laughs> they're the original ninja, aren't they? Because they were warrior monks. <laughs> Oh, yeah. beyond that, beyond that, they—I mean, they were the original. You know, they're the ones that started the whole banking system with the. Uh, yes, they uh, did. Yeah, I mean, there's so much yeah, that they did. Wrong. Yeah, builders and everything else—they were amazing. Uh, but, anyways, so the, the Masons are, are are shrouded in in lots of mystique. And, uh, you know, I, I always thought that myself uh, in, in, of course, growing up Catholic, there was like a big deal, like, you, you know, Catholics, Catholics couldn't become Masons. And it, is it because it's misunderstood or is it something that the Masons actually uh, cross swords with the Catholic Church? I, I don't think so. Um, what, what I think it is, is the Freemasons always accepted men of any faith, um, Muslim, Buddhist, uh, Judaism, Catholic, Roman Catholic. You could be anything. We, we didn't exclude anybody. Um, it was the Roman Catholics which said, you cannot become a Freemason. Mm-hmm. Um, I was brought up Roman Catholic. Um, and, and there's nothing in the Masonic teachings or or symbolism that goes against anything, any type of uh, belief that the Roman Catholics have. Believe I went to Catholic school. I was an altar boy. I I know the Roman Catholic faith. Right, me too. <laughs> and 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 if anything, 
um, it, it reinforces your beliefs in whatever your your belief or deity is. Um, someone, a, a discussion came up once on one of the discussion boards in Freemasonry about, well, what if your deity is Satan? Well, no, that don't work. <laughs> no, it's the architect of the universe. As you know, Satan wasn't a deity. He was uh, a, a fallen angel, which, you know, served deity. So it, it doesn't work. Um, mm-hmm. You have to believe in a, a supreme being of, of some sort. And if you are a Native American and, and you believe in, um, you know, many gods, but it, it's, it's okay. As long as you believe there's something higher than yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you take an obligation on, uh, you, you need to believe in something higher than yourself. Otherwise, the obligation isn't binding upon you. So, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me just finish this, and I'll let you can, Steve. Okay. Do you think that this goes back to the Knight Templars once again, where they the Pope they were uh, devil worships and so forth? Well, they put out a lot of misinformation. Um, the Knight Templars got very powerful, money wise and and army wise, right. and the Pope Pope Clement really got scared. Um, and you know, and he talked to the, the king of France, and um, well, they decided. Who, who owned the Templars a lot of money? Yeah, yeah, they had to get rid of them, and, mm-hmm. and that's how they did it. They they said, you know, they're heretics. They they worship, you know, devil worship and things like that, and and that's how they got rid of them. Well, they took off, and they they went to England, uh, who was they welcomed them with open arms, and. Um, uh, there's a lot of uh, stuff, you know, Rosalind Chapel, a, a lot of people know about that. There's a lot of uh, connections to Rosalind. So, you know, it's, you could spend your whole lifetime researching this stuff, and, uh, and, and you'd, you'd, you'd probably scratch the surface. There's a lot to it. And I wish we knew more. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, and and it, it may go back to that, but I don't think so. Um, okay. Actually, I think the, the the Catholic Church right now kind of takes a blind eye to um, the Freemasons. My sister wanted to join the Eastern Star, and right. when um, she went through the whole thing, she she's a, a devout Catholic, mm-hmm. and she didn't want to uh, she didn't want to get excommunicated. So she talked to the priest, and the priest's response was, "You know, I really don't know. Maybe you better talk to the bishop." So. She talked to the bishop. The bishop uh, had like answers. Uh, yeah, I really don't know. So she ended up calling the cardinal, and the cardinal really? said to her, "Yes." And the cardinal said to her, "Ma'am, if you are that worried about um, uh, betraying your faith or, or however you want to word it, um, there's no doubt in my mind that if if during your initiation something." something scares you or doesn't quite agree with you, then leave. And, um, and there, there was nothing. So, but, uh, I, I don't know what their official stand is from the Vatican. I really don't know. Okay. Steve, I cut you off. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to go back to this idea of the mystique surrounding the, um, uh, Freemasonry because you, you, you talked about it being linked to the Knights Templar. But there was um, there was 
towards the end of the 19th century. Um, Nick, do you think that some of this mystique has grown out of these hermetic orders that came off uh, of Freemasonry, like the Golden Dawn and the Alpha Omega and the OTO, the uh, Order of the Templars? Um, has that sort of harmed Freemasonry? Um, I don't think it's harmed it, um, but it has, it has um, the mystique has, has diminished. There, you know, you can go online and um, you can find every secret, every step of the initiation process. Yes, I'm not going to tell you where to look, <laughs> but and you can go into a bookstore and, and find a book that <laughs> even has illustrations. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I'm not going to tell you where, but if if you had the initiative and wanted to know that much about it, um, you could find it. But but my argument at that point would be, if you really want to know that much about it, why don't you join? Um, it's like reading about the roller coaster instead of riding the roller coaster. It's, it's a lot more fun, and uh, it, it's, a, it's a great organization uh, philanthropically and um, socially. It, it's, it's, it's exceptional. You, you want to be, be taking a bad step, I could tell you that. So what is the actual goal of the Masons? When you join, what, what am I, why am I joining the Masons? Well, um, social. It's a social organization. And we're there to make a good man better, to give them morals to live by, um, and, and to surround yourself with like-minded guys. It's, uh, it, you know, when you're, when you surround yourself with good people, you're you're going to pick pick up those good habits. If you surround yourself with bad people, you're going to pick up the bad habits. Right. And um, we kind of pride ourselves at being good guys. You know, we try to do the right thing. I I live by these standards, and that's why you know if if you're you're like that, you're going to be an asset to your your parish or your. Uh, religious community because you're going to be a good guy and you're going to um you know stand out hey this guy does good things let's i'd like to be like him it 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 would be an asset definitely in in terms of um the, the mystique the aura and this idea of uh, this fraternal brotherhood and um the the very laudable idea of being a pillar of the community is that is that why it attracts so many um members of law enforcement or certainly does here in the uk it, it used to um I, I wish it still did um well you know winston churchill was a was a was a freemason mm-hmm. they just had in in england um the 300th anniversary of freemasonry and um the prince uh oh my god i'm drawing a blank gloucester um, is it the duke of gloucester uh, and duke he of- he is a, a grand master in england mm-hmm. and um you know uh, but and there was one time when vermont here in and um new jersey almost all their state troopers were were brothers and they had their own degree teams and things like that and it, it it's kind of fallen off and it's 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 kind of sad. I, I wish it still had the attraction to um, to these groups of men. Um, 
I wish it did. Um, our membership is, has has dwindled. It's we're working on bringing our numbers back. You know, the world has changed with uh, social media uh-huh. and uh, all religions. Uh, you know, the churches, they're all closing up. We've only got one church here in our community in North Adams, where at once we had five or six Roman Catholic churches with each had two, three priests, and we're down to one priest and one parish. And your um, military organizations, your uh, Veterans of Foreign Wars and your American Legion, all those, their numbers are declining. People just don't don't get out and socialize like they used to. So... Uh, you know, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. I mean, the situation when I come over to, to the States, the situation I see it is uh, America is still very much more religiously focused than the UK. Um, you know, we, we, we seem to have become uh, very secular here. And you're absolutely right. Um, a lot of these organizations now, uh, not just the Masons, not just the church, but all of the other um you know, the Women's Royal Voluntary Service, the Anti-Diluvian Order of Buffaloes and all of the others are, are, are just fading away. Um, and you know, the membership is declining as people age and die. There's no fresh blood coming in. Yeah, it's, it's not a good thing. I wish I wish. Uh, well, I know on my end, I'm working on the social media. Um, every Anytime I do anything Masonic, I, I put it up there on the social media. I try to make as many Masonic friends and, and make a neighborhood and um, try to get my friends on social media to see, you know, the fun things that, that, that we partake in. It, it's a fun thing to do. Um, instead of staying home and watching television and or sitting on your computer all night long, you know, get out. And in reality, what they talk about now was the advancement into the 20th century that really destroyed society. And, and that back in the older days, before air conditioning, uh, people, were, <laughs> people in the, in the uh, uh, the cities would sit on the stoops and they knew their neighbors. They talked to their neighbors. There was a, a social group. And now with the advent of more and more technology, people are not really getting out. They're not really uh, interacting with other people. And that's why numbers are dwelling on all uh, fraternal groups and, and not only fraternal groups, but religions and, and other things too. People are uh, self-absorbed rather than community-absorbed. It's weird though, but the, the you know society today. My my daughter, for example, she's twenty one, and she's obsessed with having friends. But these aren't real friends; these are friends through social friends. media that she's never met. She doesn't right. know these yeah. people, um, and that's really yeah. strange. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pose the first real uh, sort of uh, curveball question for Nick um, about Freemasonry. Um, is there a secret handshake? <laughs> Actually, no. There are many. There are many handshakes. (laughs) There's not just one. Um, Each degree has its has has a a sign of recognition, and and those are important. Those were passed down from the old stonemasons, the operative masons. Um, When you showed up to a work camp, um, you know you didn't have paper form of recognition that someone can go look look you up online. Um, You had to have a secret. 
So when you showed up to a work camp and said, I'm a master mason, and to, in order to make master's wages, you had to prove yourself. And so you had to know certain signs, tokens, and words to prove yourself. And they were highly guarded. You know, if you were a master mason and you worked many years to attain that um, status, you guarded those secrets very close. And, and you, you know, and that's, that's where these old secrets come from. Mm-hmm. So each degree, the entered apprentice, the fellow craft, and master mason has their own uh, forms of recognition. And um, those, those have been passed, passed down. And uh, they're, they're interesting. They're very interesting. Uh, the normal person wouldn't notice it. I've met many brothers in, in many public places, and you'll shake hands, and it looks just like a normal handshake. <laughs> but, but the brother knows. You know? it's, mm-hmm. it's really neat. <laughs> you know, you, you talked about the numbers dwindling, and I, I know that Anne drags me to the cemetery all the time. And, and as we go in the cemetery, I don't know how many stones that are in there have the Masonic symbols on them. And, you know, they have the, uh, the square and they have the compass. They, they have the G. And, uh, you know, it, it seems like there were an awful lot of Masons in, in this world at one time, if there isn't now. Oh, yes, there was an awful lot. I, you know, we have pictures in the archives of the lodge um, of, you know, the hall being filled with hundreds of Masons at, you know, different celebrations, you know, the 100th anniversary or 150th anniversary. Um, we had a couple of, uh, of bad bouts with, um, well, there was a, a thing called the Morgan incident once where a fellow named Morgan um, let the secrets out. Well, he met with a, a quick demise. And so... Boom, all of a sudden sprang up the anti-Masonic party. And they were actually a political platform um, years ago. So that really um, put a dent in us. Um, actually, a lot, of, a lot of fraternal organizations had to go underground. Um, even in Russia, Russia and Germany, um, the lodges had to go underground. But, wow. uh, in Russia and Germany, they sprang back to life, like in the United States. After things kind of blew over, a lot of the lodges came back, came back to life. And but yeah, we've we've had our ups and downs. And when when you lose people, sometimes it's hard to get them back. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I know we're coming up to the break, but I, I remember uh, when I first met, met uh, Nick at the uh, Houghton Mansion in North Adams, I had a a lodge there, and uh, two large. They have the uh, the women's auxiliary as well. But uh, you know, we got to go into the the lodge room and everything, which was intriguing. And and I also saw tons of pictures of the Masons on parade in full uniform at, and in uh, North Adams. So it was accepted in a lot of places. Oh yeah, yeah. It- and it, it is well received, and uh, especially in the Episcop- Episcopal Church. Um, well, we're um, going to take a break right now. Uh, the tunes are on, Nick, so uh, we'll come okay. back and we'll let you finish that up. You're listening to Ghost All Chronicles right. International with Steve Poss and Ron Kulik and our very special guest, the right worshipful <laughs> Nick, <laughs> Nicholas Mantello, <laughs> uh, right here on TojiNet and Pararex. We'll be right back after the following messages. Welcome to Tokinet, 
Radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. of Ghost Chronicles International. Roll up your trouser legs because tonight's special guest is Nicholas, oh, the right worshipful Nicholas Mantello, <laughs> Grand Lecturer of the Massachusetts Lodge. Is that correct? Uh, Freemasonry. Um, Massachusetts, yeah, Massachusetts Grand Lodge. There we go. Um, actually, there there is one thing I would like to speak about for a minute or two is the title. Um... When you join Freemasonry um, and you become a Master Mason, you do the three degrees, you get the title of brother. Um, and then your lodge has a, a progression, a hierarchy of, you know, offices that progresses to the Worshipful Master. Um, and then you attain the title of Worshipful. Um, after you've become Worshipful Master, um, there is other... Uh, Offices, which are the district deputy grand master, which you represent the grand lodge to a certain district, and then you attain the title of right worshipful, and um, and then sometimes after that you're asked to fill a position in grand lodge, and um, that's where um, that's where I'm at now. I'm, I'm in a position called grand lecturer which is um, in Grand Lodge of Massachusetts, there's 10 of us, and we each have a few districts, and our job is just to make sure that the ritual is in conformity with the Grand Lodge ritual so that it, it doesn't get away and, um, and metamorphosize into something that we don't want it to. <laughs> but oh, mostly, it's, yeah. Yeah. mostly it's just correcting words 
um, because we have a book called a cipher book, which um, is our ritual book. And in cipher, you only get two letters of a word, and which can be misconstrued by, you know, TH could mean the, then, there, then, then. So we want to make sure that the words are passed down correctly. And that's what, that's what my job is. Now, I'm just saying, sorry, Ron. It's it, no. I was just saying that the thing, the the uh, words are written down. They're they're passed down. Is that correct? Um, pretty much. Um, our cipher book is is actually has a title called "Aid to the Memory." Um, <laughs> you know, you have you have to memorize the words, and the the aid is the two letters, which um, you know helps you remember what the word is. But oftentimes, some of those words can be changed, can be um, memorized wrong, like thence and then, or strictly or strict. And uh, we we have a book called the Book of Standard Work, which each grand lector has, and all the ritual is written out. So if someone has a question on one of their rehearsals or we do something once a year in each district called exemplification where all the lodges of the district get together and exemplify a degree and the grand lecturer sits, sits back and listens to the ritual and then stands up and whatever words have been said wrong he corrects them so that everybody hears the correct word and hopefully will memorize it for the next Exemplification. Okay, Steve, you want to say something? I, yeah, I like all organisations. It was it was picking up on the point that uh, Nick said earlier uh, as we came back in from the break about protecting the the rites, protecting the ritual and the ceremony. But there has been a number of um, how was going to say exposes, but that's not correct. Uh, releases of these rights down the years. How does the lodge respond to those? You know, I mean, they go back <laughs> to the 1920s. I'm clutching here two copies of the new Encyclopedia of Freemasonry, which was published in 1924. I know. I got like three books out of my shelf. You know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. And then you got, uh, there's a, there's a guy Ledbetter, a CW Ledbetter, who who blows the lid off everything in 1888. Uh, <laughs> surely, does does the lodge then alter the ritual to protect the secrets? No, no. Our ritual has has remained the same for many years, with some minor changes. Um, but there's nothing we can do about exposés. And um, like I said, you could go to the library, and I don't want to name the book, but there is a book that spells out the ritual word for word. But but then again, um, each district, like if from Massachusetts to Vermont, if you were to go, a Massachusetts mason was to go to Vermont and, and watch ritual, there would be many subtle differences. The message oh. is the same, um, you know, and everything is means the same, but the ritual varies a little bit. Even to New York State, to Connecticut, um, and we just, I was attending a meeting where we had a, a grandmaster from Alaska, and um, he noticed many subtle differences. But again, like he said, the, the meaning and the symbolism are all the same. So, 
there's not much we can do about the right. <laughs> the guys who blow the lid off. You know, our teachings are good. You know, we, aren't we they supposed to? Um, isn't there some they bear the breast and then you know if you let go of our secrets, we're going to stab you. Um, <laughs> what? No. Isn't isn't that in the, it's in it's in the original? Uh, is it something that the uh, the new member has to swear that they won't upon? Is it on pain of death or reveal any of the secrets? And yet they they, they uh, give the secrets away, don't they? they? They they publish these damn books. Well, that that doesn't show much for the character of the man divulging no, the secrets. If if somebody, you know, swore not to divulge the secrets of Freemasonry. Um, and you're not allowed is, to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I, I could probably say um, we did change Massachusetts. I don't know about the other um, jurisdictions. Um, we did change our, our oath or obligation. Um, each degree has its own obligation. And in the obligation, um, you swore to... Um, you know, suffer penalties if you divulge the secrets of Freemasonry. Well, you know, we all know that I'm not going to kill my my buddy who just joined if he divulges the secrets. <laughs> right. So um, we we changed it to the ancient penalties, and right now our penalties are um, to be suspended, reprimanded, or expelled um, from from Masonry. So. You know what you swear to is mm-hmm. is far from <laughs> having your head lopped <laughs> off. You know. <laughs> now, when I was at uh, the Houghton Mansion, there you had the the woman's auxiliary. Uh, will woman be allowed to be masons? You think in the future, or is it always going to be separate? Oh, it's it's already happened, Ron. Um, oh, there yes. are many. There are many co-masonry lodges um, in France, even here in Massachusetts. Um, I believe they're called Ledroid, Ledroit, or something like that. And they have lodges throughout the states. Um, but they're not recognized by regular and duly constituted lodges, like the Lodge of um, Scotland, Lodge of England, Grand Lodge of Massachusetts. Um they're they're called clandestine lodges, um, <laughs> you know, clandestine to to the regular lodges. Mm-hmm. At some point in the far future, it may happen. I, you know, someday we may get down to numbers where it, we need it. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of like it have, being a men's organization. I was going to say, um, I mean, let, let the women in it. That's the death knell. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but unfortunately, <laughs> you, you know, that's what so many other organizations, you can't do that now because you get, I mean, look at the Boy Scouts, they just allow women, I mean, I girl Scouts in. It's, you know, okay. there's sometimes... The Elks, yeah, the Elks just did it, you know? Yeah, that's weird because... Sometimes women, when men women. just want to be with men and women yeah. just want to be with women, I don't see what's a big deal. Well, you see, the thing is, yeah. now here in the UK, it's even weirder because uh, the girls can be in the Boy Scouts, but the boys are not allowed to join the Girl Guides. Yeah, that's that's how it is here, too. I'm, I'm pretty sure the boys can't join the Girl Scouts. But no, the Girl it's like, Scouts. what happened to equality? Well, you know what? One of the arguments were, which kind of surprised me, the Girl Scouts were mad. 
um, that, that the Boy Scouts allowed the Girl Scouts in because now it was going to diminish their numbers. They were going to lose <laughs> Girl Scout members to the Boy Scouts. So they were kind of angry at it. And, you know, I would have thought it was the other way around, but no, they're, they, they're losing their numbers. The girls want to join the Boy Scouts. And, well, I don't know. Maybe someday it's all going to be scouting. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Uh, Who knows? The other question I'm going to ask now, you have a, as you've mentioned throughout this interview, you, you have a very ritual that, that the Masons are uh, steeped in. And why do, we, why do you have this, this, this uh, rituals? Why do you still have these rituals? Um, or? It helps you remember. It helps you remember. If I was to stand there and just talk to you and tell you things, you're not going to remember it as well as if you were um, brought around a lodge and shown <laughs> symbols and had, you know, people talk to you and show you other symbols. And you're going to remember those teachings much better um, by allegory and symbolism than just reading it. You know, so that that that's a, a big part of the reasoning for a ritual. Yeah, I, 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 I can understand that. And, you know, we, we, we hear so much on, you look at all these conspiracy programs that are out there, you know, that, you know, the Masons are just uh, the working arm of the Illuminati and, and, and the, the, the New World Order and all of that. And, I mean, does how do, how are you affected by it? Do you, do you just laugh it off or, or, do you, or do you like, oh, my God, or what? <laughs> I, I laugh it off. It's, it's kind of comical. Um, if anything, it adds more to the mystique of the of the Freemasons. Maybe maybe people are intrigued by it. I'm sure some um, are, are maybe scared away. But I would hope that if someone um, was scared away or took it seriously, would would talk to a, a Freemason and, and get the real scoop. That, that'd be the best thing, you know, not, not to be scared away. And, you know, if, if we were all part of the Illuminati, we're going to take over the world. My response was always, you know, I managed a transfer station. <laughs> I'm right worshipful, you know, and, and I, I run a dump. <laughs> you know? I would be much, much higher up than I am if that was the case, you know. Now, the Masons, of course, were, were the stonemasons, and we hear so many cornerstones are laid and, and have Masonic uh, stones and Masonic symbols. And is that still carried on? Yes, absolutely. Um, very interesting. Um, was the year before last, um, the cornerstone in Boston for the um, for the State House mm -hmm. was laid by Paul Revere. Right. Um, who, who was it? And Paul Revere, he was he was Grand Master at the time, and um, it was uncovered when they were re rebuilding um, the the State House. Mm -hmm. So um, they wanted the cornerstone to be um, relayed, rededicated by the Freemasons again. And um, at that point, I was a Grand Lecturer, part of a Grand Lodge, so I got to partake in the ceremony. Oh wow! And, Oh my God! It was it was incredible. There were there were uh, uh, over a thousand masons there, and you know the wow. governor was there, and it was. Um, I, I believe you can probably see it on YouTube if if anybody really wanted to to view it. 
um, you know, the Massachusetts State House cornerstone laying um, by the Freemasons mm-hmm. by the Grand Lodge of Massachusetts. I'm sure you could see it. And it, it was very impressive. And yes, we still do lay cornerstones to, um, uh, to, to buildings. We still dedicate lodges and it's, it's a fun, very symbolic event. You know, Nick, we've um, just up the road from here, about uh, about eight miles, is a is a village, um, and it's called Square and Compass. Oh, really? No and doubt that has a. <laughs> there is obviously a Masonic connection, but I've I, I've tried looking for the history, and it, it doesn't give you any information. But this little tiny village, um, and it is only tiny. There's probably a population of less than a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. is is called Square and Compass. Uh, and it's okay. not very far away from, there are some, uh, there are several, Ronald like this bit, because it's right, uh, or it's adjacent to um, several Templar holdings uh, from the 13th century. Uh, but my, I, I just wonder whether, you know, whether there's a connection between that or the nearby city of St. David's, which is, which was part of the pilgrim route. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have this village here in Pembrokeshire called Square and Compass, which is obviously Masonic in its origin somewhere. Right. No, no doubt in my mind. No <laughs> doubt in my mind. <laughs> with a with a name like that, I I would I would like to do a little research on that myself. Yeah, I, I said I've I've looked a couple of times, and there's there's different people's ideas, but um, and it, it's never had a Welsh name. Um, you know, a lot of uh, since since we had a, a separate Welsh government twenty years ago, um, there was an act passed that we a lot of the towns and villages in Wales had to uh, have their names in English and in Welsh, but a few survived, and one of the the non-Welsh towns. Um, if you like, is is Square and Compass up in Pembrokeshire? Um, no, <laughs> that's very interesting. So uh, yeah, clearly, clearly there is a um, a Masonic. Actually, I'm gonna I'll 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 see what I can find in our archives office next time I go up there, and uh, if I do find anything, I'll send it over via Ron. Um, I, so. I would I would bet that the founding fathers of that town, if you were to if you were to look back. Um, the founding fathers would have Masonic origin. Oh, I, I don't doubt it for one minute. Um, no but, doubt in my mind. But, you know, you can find very little about it online um, other than its location, the population, um, the map reference, etc. Um, but nothing really about its origins, which is unfortunate because that's, you know, as we drive, we, I drive through it fairly regularly, I always automatically assume and um, that there's a freemasonry connection An- another way to probably get a little information would be um if they have a local lodge there i would i would hope they do um but you know like we said you know many of the um lodges with their numbers dwindling have have closed or um, affiliated with other lodges but if there's a masonic lodge there if you were to contact the masonic lodge they would probably have a, a, a really in-depth history on it. That that would be a good resource. Uh, as far as I'm aware, I mean, it, it literally is a very small uh, village, and uh, there there is a there is uh, two lodges near. Uh, there's one in Milford Haven, and there's one in Haverford West. So yeah, I'll um, I'll see what I can dig up on Square and Compass. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm, I'm sure you'll find something. It, you know, Nick, uh, I have to I have to tell you a story because I was approached by someone one time who was all upset because there's uh, apron, uh, Mason, Masonic apron, uh, they had it and they, they believed it was haunted. And mm. uh, I thought, is, isn't it, is the apron or is it, are you buried with it? Well, when you are um, initiated, your your first degree, your entered apprentice degree, you're given an apron, um, and there's a lot of symbolism to an apron. And mm-hmm. normally, you take that apron and you put it away. And um, <laughs> and most of the time, someone from the sidelines will go up to the candidate and tell them, you know, the next time you wear that apron is going to be in your casket. <laughs> And it, and it is true. Um, some uh, candidates do wear their apron um, for the second and third degrees, um, but it is put away with your with your dates on it. You know who the master was, the, your initiation date, your um, second degree date, and your master mason date mm-hmm. are put on the apron. And um, normally, the uh, the mason will tell his Mexican, his wife, his parents, or whoever. If anything ever happens to me, uh, this is to be used at my Masonic service. Um, we we do have a service that um, that we perform. Um, in addition to you know whatever their religious services, you know their funerals, their Catholics, they do their thing. But there is a service that that we also provide, or will do in addition to their regular service, and it's you know full of all kinds of symbolism and. Um, Masonic references to their passing in the Celestial Lodge and the Supreme Architect of the Universe. Um, you know, God is God. Who named who? So, you know, whatever you feel good calling God, that's it. But um, that's, that's what it's all about. Um, you know, you, you put it away and then it, yeah, your Masonic service. So, you know, uh, Masons, uh, a devout Mason really does get attached to the lodge and to his brethren. And, um, you know, who's to say it, that apron couldn't be haunted? It, it very well could be. Mm-hmm. Now, aren't you, are there certain things, and I'm, I'm just asking, uh, that, I, that can be passed from person to person? Although it's not necessarily even from the family, but from one lodge member to another lodge member? That, that the is apron, symbolic? Um, the apron, not usually. That's right. usually his apron. And when the new candidate comes, um, he will get his apron. What's usually passed down are um, Masonic jewels and rings. Exactly. Um, um, you know, I have a Masonic ring. Um, I'm sure that's going to be passed down to my son or grandson. Um, I have other jewels, you know, the uh, district deputy jewel, a past master jewel. Those are usually passed down. Um, but the apron itself, not normally. Um, it it could be. There's no rule against it. But um, usually it's the jewels and other things that come along in the progression um, through the through the order. 
Now, if someone was interested in becoming a Mason, where, where could they go to find out more information or, or you know, even be, do you have to be appointed? In other words, or, or can they, they come? I mean, I, I know in Massachusetts we actually have advertisers for visiting yeah. visit your open lodge. So, Yeah, well, it's real easy. And, you know, believe it or not, I get a lot of requests from Africa. I have a lot of friends in Africa who are Freemasons. Um, and I, and yet I still get requests and what I do is usually refer them to them or if they're from, uh, Guyana or something like that, I'll say, you know, just go online. You know, if they're, if they're able to contact me through email or Facebook, they can contact a Grand Lodge, the same vehicle. Um, but in Massachusetts here, the Grand Lodge of Massachusetts has a fantastic website. You can go to the website. Um, you can ask about joining. And they will point you to a lodge in, in your district um, and who the contact is. And then they immediately contact um, the lodges in the district that he's, he's from. Because when you, when you ask, you know, you'll say where you're from, what city, town. And they will contact them to make your lodges aware that this fellow is interested in joining in Freemasonry. And, and then they can contact them. So they, they really make it easy. Um, so you don't have to do a lot of work. Just go online, say, I'm Joe Blow from Tokyo, and I want to join um, a lodge. And, and they'll find, they'll, they'll make it happen for you. And as far as obligatory, uh, what, what you have to do to become a Mason, and, and what is entitled to stay in a Mason is, uh, what does that, uh, what, what's that include? I mean, what, what do you have to do? What's it entail? It's, 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 He's it's asking a, about well, the money, Nick. He's asking about the money. What's the bottom line? Meaning, That's what he's asking. <laughs> yeah, money is a thing, but what about other things? Are there certain things you have to do? Well, to, to join to the Masons, people. yes, you have to go through your first three degrees. That's mandatory to be to becoming a Mason. Okay. And obviously, there's there's a application fee, um, and 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 many lodges have a degree for each degree. But but there is a cost to bringing um, a Mason into the lodge. Um, you're given uh, books. You're given uh, an apron. We call it a lambskin. Um, and the lambskin alone can range from twenty-five to fifty dollars, oh. just you know, to give the candidate that. So you know, there is an expenditure that the lodge has to put out, and um, we we try to recuperate that from from the candidate. And um, the the fee for the degrees, um, you know, normally our lodge we we take the candidate to dinner for every degree, so it it, it kind of works out. Oh, are we losing time? Yeah, we've actually, uh, yeah, that's the uh, the uh, <laughs> doorbell, so we've got to wrap it up. So, oh, yeah. boy. It, it was intriguing. I, I thank you so much for, for joining us. So, uh, yeah, that, not, not a problem, I echo that sentiment. Yeah, it's, and, uh, you know, there's so much to misinformation, as I said, out there. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's because of, uh, you know, because you're so seeped in secrecy and ceremony that they stuff up because they can't figure it out. Do you know, Ron, I think yeah. next week we should get a Catholic priest because there's another organization that's full of secrecy <laughs> and ritual. 
You really? must have a tougher time, but maybe. <laughs> no, I, I can handle that. That's easy. Call, yeah, full, call the Vatican. They'll get yeah, you I mean, they're full of secrecy and ritual with lots of uh, links to the dark, you know, sort of hidden mysteries, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, they just had a big conference about exorcism, so that's That's right. Yeah, they just increased the number of exorcists. Uh, yes. Yeah, so it's, you know, interesting stuff. But not to worry, because I just saw online this guy has a, uh, a app that you can soon be able to buy, and it'll tell you where the demons are. So you can just use this app on your phone and find demons. They're always behind <laughs> you. It's behind you. <laughs> so, Nick, uh, anything you want to add before we say goodbye to you? Um, hey, it was a pleasure being on. I love I love promoting uh, Freemasonry. It's a, it's a wonderful organization. If anybody has any questions... Don't hesitate to go online. Um, look me up on Facebook, Nicholas J. Mantello. I'm there in uh, my regalia a photo, and uh, I, I'd be glad to point you in the direction or go to Grand Lodge of Massachusetts. And um, believe me, they'll answer questions and, and get you pointed in the right direction. Okay. So this is a tune, so we do have to wrap it up. And uh, we want to well, thank you once Articles International with Steve Pass and Ron Kolick, and our very special guest has been uh, the right worshipful. I never can get that right. Nicholas J. Mantel. I always known him for Nick for a hundred years. <laughs> yep. So thank you for listening. Good night. God bless. Good night. God bless. Thanks again, Nick. You're very welcome. Good night, folks. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.